Acclaimed integrative medicine expert, Dr. Holly Lucille. Think well, act well, be well. Inherently you. Hi folks, Dr. Holly Lucille coming at you with the Inherently You podcast actually brought to you today by the Inherently You community. You can find out more about that by going to be.inherentlyyou.com. I am, I'm going to say I'm excited about today's show. I might be a little scared (laughs) because there's going to be a big mirror that's going to come up and look me right in the face because we're going to be talking about how to behave during arguments. And I've got an incredible esteemed guest, Dr. Walter Jacobson. He wrote a book called Forgive to Win. And it teaches people spiritual techniques for building self-esteem, eliminating sabotaging behaviors, and creating the lives that they want. He is a graduate of Cornell University, the Medical College of Wisconsin, and the UCLA San Fernando Valley Psychiatry Residency Program. He's a board-certified psychiatrist. He's been in practice here in Los Angeles since 1999. Dr. Jacobson, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Now, I talked to you briefly before we got started, and I, I admitted to you that I was really, really excited to have this information on my podcast for the listeners and also for me, because as I said, I feel like um, I have taken advantage of your profession. So I've got um, a wonderful woman that I've been working with for a long time, and it, I think it's a privilege to continue to take things up um, with somebody who's smarter than you. <laughs> you know, and have therapy built in. Um, I feel like I have a lot of great qualities. And I also feel like sometimes, hey, I just know better, right? But boy, oh boy, when I get into an argument or my blood is boiling and something has been clicked off, it is so hard to remember. Yo, absolutely. Uh, that, that That's the whole key is... Uh is remembering uh, the tools, remembering uh, what you want to what, what you want to do, what you want to be, and that's why it's really important to really pause. You know, when you feel the br- the blood boiling, when you feel the heat coming up, uh, you know, you need to try to just pause and stop and wait and stay calm. And uh, so then, in, in that calm moment, you have the opportunity to remember. Oh yeah, this is what I want to do. This is the way I'm going to be most effective in resolving this conflict. Well, I. I agree with you. I mean, and that pausing, it's almost like if you can just do one thing, um, that pausing, because I have learned, I mean, look, I, when I get that blood boiling, I don't, I never, it never once has my reactions when my blood has been boiling and I've been that angry ever benefited me, nor the situation at hand. And it, it never has been congruent with how I truly believe things should be um, when we're having an argument. And so that pause, important, but what do you think, what is the most important thing to do for folks? What, what can, let's go through, through these tools when arguing. Yeah, uh, a really important thing besides staying calm is, is really, is you've got to listen. Uh, a lot of times people just want to be right and they want to make the other person wrong and so they interrupt each other they don't, and, and they don't really listen. As someone's starting to talk and make their point and, uh, and we're thinking about what we want to say next. And we're really not processing what, what they're saying. We're, we're really not trying to see it from their point of view. And so we end up just interrupting each other and going back and forth, attacking each other. So a, a key thing is to really sincerely listen, wait, don't interrupt. You let them speak, then you, then you speak, then they speak. Right. This is the way we communicate effectively. Yeah. You know, I had um, a couple's therapists once say, 
Um, and, and you know, one of the things that we were instructed to do, we have to sort of have these ground rules, right? Because I think it's great. These are amazing tools um, and it makes a lot of sense. But if you don't agree uh, to the ground rules and then one person is listening and the other person is not, boy, it can as well be disastrous. But he said, you know, and it, 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 listen without defending and speak without offending. Um, and that really resonated to me because I think sometimes when you're heated in an argument, especially if somebody's telling you something you don't really want to hear, um, you can get very defensive and not listen. You can sort of listen with your mouth, you know, in a sense. And then also, I know that I can be extremely offensive when I'm talking um, and wanting to make my point. But boy, that's a good uh, listening. And once again, I think you have to be calm and pause enough to do that. Don't, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, uh, it's very important to, to uh, pause listen and then to think i mean to think before you speak as you're saying uh, it's so easy to just go into your default mode of of reactivity of of uh, of attacking back we oftentimes we get very defensive we want to we want to like shoot the messenger we want to attack them and blame them and say well you do this too and, and and do all sorts of stuff and and we end up defeating ourselves so we really you, you need to think you need to think before you speak what exactly do i want to say uh, and how can i say it in a way that the other person is going to hear it so the other person won't be so d- defensive and angry so so really thinking uh, how will it sound to them a lot of times people say stuff that they wouldn't like if it was said to them but if you hear if you try to say well how how will this come across to them will they think i'm attacking them will they understand that i appreciate them or, or not so thinking uh, exactly what you want to say, and say it in as most compassionate, the most compassionate way you possibly can. Wow, this, these are great, and I, you know, I, I still, I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking in everything that you're saying, and I'm, if you could see me, my head is just going up and down, and yes, 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 <laughs> and I still feel like okay, you know, next time, you know, one of the things that I do with the inherently Geek community is because there is so much information, great information, just like you're giving. Uh, on health, how to be well, how to argue better, so much more than ever. And a lot of times, like including myself, we can't get that congruency. And I know people that I see argue and I hear things, they don't want to be saying the things that they're saying. They don't want to be doing the things that they're doing. So I always like to sort of understand that gap, you know, and have people be able to slow down enough to, I call it doing a, a, a daily autopsy um, is one of one of the tools that I came up with where it's like, okay, you know, that day's dead, but can you go back and just think about you know, sort of like Dr. G, medical examiner, you know, she she basically has a, a show that she figures out how that death happened and what they learned from it. And I'm like, well, the day is dead. You know, what can we learn from it? You know, what what, what were you doing that that you did? Why, why couldn't you slow down? Why did you know better, right, and not be able to do better? I think that's always really important just for people to ask themselves those questions. Be gentle in it because... You know, we do our best, but boy, sometimes we fail. And I think if we don't be gentle, we just get more shame um, sort well, of piled up on on each one of us. You, yeah. is there a special t- technique to use when people get defensive and angry and verbally attack you? I mean, because I think stopping that cycle of both people getting going is so important. Well, yes, there is. But first, I wanted to just comment to what you said uh, about you know, I, I recommend people do uh, a, what I call a forgiveness inventory every night. Uh-huh. Every night you look at your the day's behavior, you look at the past day, and you ask yourself, well, what did I do that was like uncool, that was judgmental, that was unloving, that was inconsiderate, that was selfish, and, and how do I want to be different in this uh, tomorrow? And uh, so as, as you were saying, it really is good to review the things 
so that the next day you can start fresh and hopefully do better. Um, but in regards to what you were saying about a special technique, this is powerful. This technique of validate and then counterpoint, you, could, you use this with any relationship you've got, whether it's a, a personal relationship, whether it's peers, coworkers, supervisors. It always works great because what you're doing is you're uh, decreasing the potential for the other person to get defensive and angry. So what you do is first you validate. Something like, uh, hey, you know, I understand you're upset. I can appreciate why you're upset. I know your feelings have been hurt. So you're saying, I'm listening, I'm hearing you. However, wow. you misunderstood what I said. This is what I meant. And uh, another type of, valid, of uh, validation and then counterpoint, first you validate, you say, yeah, I love you. I care about you. Uh, I'm very, it saddens me that your feelings are hurt. However, and then you make your point, the counterpoint, however, you misunderstood what, what I meant. It was not my intention to hurt you. This is really what I meant when I said that. So it, this, use this one technique of, of validating first before, instead of saying, you're wrong, that's ridiculous, that makes no sense, you're crazy. Uh, you know, just validate. I hear you, I know you're upset, but I think you're yeah. overreacting here. I think sometimes that's all people need, you know, just that you could just stop a fight in its track if you just, you know, as you said, sometimes just people want to be right instead of, you know, happy. You know, I think there's that age old question. Do you want Would you rather be right or happy? And if you, you know, somebody's got to be the hero sometimes, right? Where you can stop and just finally say something like, you know what? I, I really do hear what you're saying. Just about, I have, I've seen this happen where the most intense, fiery interaction has been going on. And then somebody does just choose to stop the cycle of the, mm-hmm. the viciousness and then the tears come and then the healing comes and you know that those that compassion and validation and then you can actually excavate hey what was that fight all about because usually it's not about what people are fighting about is that correct yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and you're so right if, if, if one person in the discussion in the argument has the like the calm the insight to be able to go hey wait a second let's stop for a second I love you, you love me, what the hell are we doing, let's give each other a hug, okay, now let's uh, agree to disagree, or now let's try to work through this. You're right, you can like completely neutralize a tremendous amount of negativity, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. Um, but you know, I forget what you were asking me. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, that whole validation and then counterpoint, um, but even if you just... Stop with the validation and then wait and see if the counterpoint, because, you know, this is another thing that I've seen. Sorry, I've interrupted myself now um, that I've seen actually is um, somebody goes to to actually break that cycle and do the validation and slow things down. But the other person is actually just I want to say this and you might correct me because you are the expert here almost addicted to the fight that's going on almost like needs to drive whatever they can't manage as far as their feelings are concerned into the other people and to stop the fight would lose that opportunity so they just for some reason want to keep it going because they can't handle it inside of them anymore do you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah, that, that's the whole thing, as, as you touched upon before, about do you want to be right or happy. Some people, you know, are, are so intense about needing to be right that, that, that they don't want to let, let go of the, of, of the discussion. But now I remember what you were saying. You were talking about uh, when people are arguing, oftentimes they're not arguing about the thing they think they're arguing about. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. that basically, and that's true, 
oftentimes you could be arguing about, you know, oh, you burnt the toast, and you get a big fight over it. It's just kind of ridiculous. Uh, but the reality is, well, what's really going on? If you think fighting over something really minor and insignificant, and what the hell are we doing here, it really means you're fighting over resentments from the past. There are unresolved issues, maybe last week, maybe 10 years ago. People hang on to so much crap, so much resentment, and then uh, when someone does a minor infraction, that sort of gives them, gives them the license to attack. And so they attack and start of fighting over something really inconsequential. So when that happens, when, you, when you're fighting over something that seems really meaningless and foolish, it's not enough to just sweep it under the rug. Uh, you need to look, okay, there's a resentment there. Something, it was, something was not uh, resolved. No, there, there's something that has not been, there's no closure there. And you need to try to look at that. You need to try to accept and forgive the person for the past so you don't bring the past into the present. Yeah, and sometimes it doesn't even have to do with that person. It might just be inside the person that is is fired up and it, it, it is misplaced, you know? It's like might be from childhood unresolved stuff or parental things and they carry it and it's just like it got ticked off. I mean, I, that happens to me all the time in my marriage, seriously, where we know each other long enough, we've been in it for 10 years, where, you know, we sort of understand the dance of our, our, our let's say, mm-hmm. fights. And that's a luxury. I mean, it is, because if not, it can just be out of control. But a lot of times when things settle down, and I, I don't necessarily like this word, but when I realize that I've just been triggered and it has nothing to do, nothing to do with the other person. Well, that's really important, really important point, because that's what we that's what we call transference in, in, uh, in psychology, psychiatry, is where... Uh, you know, we have deeply embedded uh, internalized feelings about, about our parents, for example. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, off, let's say we had a difficult uh, relationship with a mother or a father. Uh, then we get into a relationship, you know, uh, our own personal relationship, and we start to kind of like uh, the, the, see our partner as our mother or our father. Uh, and they start to, <laughs> they, they will say or do things that resemble or remind us. And so we start to relate to them as if they were uh, the mother or father. And all of our resentment and anger and bitterness just kind of jumps up. And we don't even know it. And so we're attacking them. And really, we're attacking not who they are, but who they represent in our mind. So it's a, it's, it, you really have to watch out for that. Oh, my gosh. Okay, what about, I got to ask you about, what about yelling? I mean, because I have to admit, even though as a 50-year-old woman, I'm so much better. I grew up with a obnoxiously, like, just uncontrolled father who just yelled, yeller. And so, you know, I, I, I feel that you got you have your, your, your parents inside of you. You really do. I mean, um, I, have ha- I have had it. I grew up with an angry, angry father. And so my tone, as people have, my tone is basically, I mean, it is what it is. And I, I have had enough feedback in my life where it's something that, you know, I'm the common denominator of all the feedback, whether it be in love relationships or professional relationships. Um, and so I feel like I have to take responsibility for it. Um, but is there a place for yelling in arguments? No, uh, there never is. Uh, yelling is... <laughs> See, is manip- I told you I was scared that you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yelling is a is a form of manipulation. Uh, you yell in order to, like, shut someone up or to uh, get your way or... Or, or, or be bigger than them. Someone. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but really all you're doing is just attacking them. And so you're just, uh, you know, creating a bigger problem. Yelling is not effective communication. And uh, so uh, when either party is yelling, one of them has to have the uh, awareness to go, hey, you know what, we're yelling at each other, 
Uh, you're not listening to me. I'm not listening to you. We're just attacking each other. We each want to be right. This is not cool. We need to disengage. We need to like go to our separate corners, calm down. Uh, let's talk about this after lunch. Let's talk about this this evening or the weekend, we, and we can uh, address it when we're cooler and calmer and have, have had a chance to think about it. So if you're yelling, you, you know, you might as well stop right there because you're going to say stuff you don't mean and don't want to say, and you're not going to get any resolution. So yeah, yelling is not cool. It's an attack. It's unloving. And there's no justification for it. All right. Well, we heard it there, right from from the the specialist. I'm going to have to just agree with you. I think just because you're so accomplished and so esteemed, and okay, I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I I understand. Once again, we're talking to Dr. Walter Jacobson, um, psychiatrist, and you wrote a book. This book is sounds fascinating. Um, Forgive to win. Tell me more about that. Okay, the, the basic premise is that uh, it's actually a, a book about uh, succeeding in life and being happy because we sabotage ourselves uh, so many times in so many ways. We procrastinate, we put things off, we, we do so many things that, that uh, get in our own way. And so the question is, what, if you love yourself, why would you do that? Why would you attack yourself and hurt yourself and hold yourself back? Why would you sabotage yourself? Well, the point is we don't love ourselves at a deeply embedded place. We have guilt, shame, and self-loathing. Uh, this triggers our subconscious mind to generate uh, punishment and not reward. So the key in forgive to win is if you need, you know, if you got guilt, shame, and self-loathing, you need to forgive yourself and you need to love yourself. Uh, and the way that you do that is actually to forgive and love others, to forgive others, to accept others, to love others, to be of service to others. When you do this frequently and enough and consistently, you're sending a message to your subconscious mind that, that you are worthy and good enough and deserving of happiness and success. And then your subconscious mind stops whispering in your, in your ear, you're not good enough, it's not going to work out. It starts attracting people, places, and circumstances that are going to benefit you. You stop doing the self-sabotaging behaviors. So these spiritual principles are actually very practical material principles as well gosh that is great I mean and that can be applied in so many different ways I mean I have a friend right now that is going through something at work and and I'm very close to this person and I know what she's going through has nothing to do with work it has everything to do with um, her I believe um, she was a excuse me a performer as she was growing up a skater a professional skater a competitive skater and her coach was extremely overbearing and well anyways I can see that what she's trying to get from work or what she feels like she's not getting from work which is you know acceptance and yes you know elevation to the next meeting or being involved um, really has nothing to do with work I'm sure she works in a very big corporation and so it's probably just corp it just work you know it's just work it has nothing to do with what she's going through but I think and she was actually uh, interesting enough we ca- she called me this morning and she was she's like I wonder if there's a book that that would be able to exemplify how I'm feeling and this is the book that I'm going to tell her about I really am because I think that she feels like she is not good enough um, for what she is doing and so she's always trying to prove herself and then she has that external locus of control so when she doesn't get and it's in her own mind whether she gets it or not if she doesn't get that acceptance then she feels like a failure but it probably has nothing to do with what she has done or hasn't done at work it has all to do with what's coming from the inside yeah I totally agree there's a uh, with the deeply embedded 
uh, guilt and shame and, and self-loathing. Uh, we were not even aware of it, but it does uh, leak out, and uh, oftentimes it turns into our, our inner critic, you know, telling us, uh, yeah, don't, you know, don't even bother. It's not going to work out. That they don't really like you. Uh, you're never going to succeed. You keep trying to rise up the ladder, and someone is going to push you down. That voice has to be silenced. That voice, you need to tell that voice to shut up. And the more you practice, though, these principles of accepting, loving, forgiving others, being of service to others. Believe it or not, you end up feeling really good about yourself, and uh, and yeah. you stop all the, the, these negative uh, voices. Suddenly, you hear uh, your inner colleague saying, "Yes, you can. You can do it. You are good enough. You <laughs> are worthy. Uh, you know, people do like you. You can succeed." So, yeah, uh, th- this book for your friend and for all people. It's a quick read, and it can really help. That's great. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, where can folks get it best? Uh, a- Amazon, Barnes and Noble, online, basically. All right, great. Um, so you were talking about okay, there is no place for yelling in arguments, and um, uh, you 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 had mentioned that okay. So if you're yelling, you know, let's just talk about this over, you know, after lunch. Obviously, we can't do it now. I think that's such a great point because I've been taught that as well. Where you know, sort of these rules that you're talking about, these incredible tools where um, you want to validate and don't blame the other person, and you know, uh, don't yell. I think that sort of rules of engagement and there has to be a buy-in on both couples. One of the things, or both sides, I should say, one of the things that I was also, it was um, made clear to me that if that isn't the case, like if you can't both agree that this is the the way that we're going to engage about how to talk about what's going on, then you can, you have the right to actually say, you know what, I don't want to talk right now. I'm too triggered. I think that's what, um, you know, I'm, I'm not able to agree to these things. I'm not able to not be defensive. I'm not able to not yell and I'm not able to not attack you right now. And I, I can't talk right now. And that has saved me as well. I think that's probably your big thing of pausing, um, where I know that, I, I mean, I can feel it. You know what it feels like to have your blood boil, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it just, it's like, oh, here it is, seven shades of red. Um, and I just know it's not a great place for me to engage because it's not going to be productive. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, and oftentimes you're right about the, the, if there's an imbalance in the relationship, it, it creates a new problem. Because if you say to somebody, you know, I am just too triggered, I am too wired, I'm going to say stuff I don't mean, please, we need to disengage, you need to leave me alone, I need to go away and think. And then what they do uh, oftentimes is they'll, they don't want to do that. They're all fired up. They want to follow you around the room. Uh, if you lock yourself in, in the bathroom, they start banging on the door, screaming through the door. They won't respect the boundary. And this is really important, folks. You've got to respect the boundary. If someone says, I can't handle this now, regardless of the fact that you want immediate closure, you want immediate resolution, you just need to say, okay, I'll respect that. I'll back off. Yeah, that's another, this is, this is tough work. And you've said before, it takes practice, doesn't it? I mean, you're not going to get this right out of the gate, especially if, uh, I mean, I mean, I would say anywhere. Uh, I mean, I think work relationships are probably different than home relationships, love relationships, etc. But this stuff takes practice. And it probably takes a little fumble and kind of excavating and seeing, okay, how can I do that differently? What went on? Why wasn't I able to? How, where did that come from? Asking you those questions. It takes practice, doesn't it? Massive practice. Hey, look, this is progress, not perfection uh, here. Uh, we, you know, this is, we're all a work in progress. We're all trying to get to that place of being the ideal 
itself that we could be proud of and feel good about. And it takes a lot of work, but it's worth it. But yes, you will stumble. You will fall. There will be two steps forward, one step back. You don't beat yourself up over that. You just get back on the bicycle and start pedaling again. To, you know, go, go back to your tools. Go back to the program. Go back to your vigilance. Go back to your calm. You're right. It takes a lot of practice, a lot of work, but don't get discouraged because you're going to be doing this for the rest of your life. That's, that's all there is to it. You'll get better and better. Uh, for the rest of your life, and that's what you want to do. You can accelerate the process by being more vigilant and you know, and spending more time on it day to day, but yeah, you can get there, but it takes work. All right, so another expression that you use is, everything is love or a call for love. What do you mean by that? Uh, okay, first of all, I want to give credit to, that's actually a quote from uh, A Course in Miracles, and the idea is this. Um, let's say... Uh, People will yell at you, they'll attack you, they'll blame you, they'll scream at you, and, uh, and, and it totally feels like an attack. But, uh, but actually, what's really going on in most cases is they're insecure, they're afraid, mm-hmm. uh, maybe yeah. their abandonment issues have been triggered, uh, maybe they, they fear you're going to leave them, uh, they need a reassurance, they need love, they, you know, they need a, a hug, but they are so uh, dysfunctional and so disturbed at that moment that they can't say it in a healthy way, like, hey, I'm really feeling insecure, I need some reassurance, give me a hug, they don't do that, so they scream at you, uh, give me love, and, uh, and it does the exact opposite of what they want, it pushes people away. So. If you, in the midst of someone uh, attacking you, yelling at you, screaming at you, if you can possibly remind yourself, you know, this person is actually calling out for love, and, and you, you, you choose not to see it as an attack, you rise above the battlefield, you go, this is a call for love. Even though he's screaming at me, he's just scared, he's just confused, he's, he needs reassurance. And so in that moment, if you can step away and go, look, I love you, you're, the, you're my guy, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, we don't, you don't need to do this. It, it's unbelievable. It, when you do this, if you're really in that moment, it doesn't always work because the other person has their own agenda sometimes, but oftentimes it can transform the entire experience. And, and yeah, it's great. I love it. I mean, and that, I mean, you know, I think, Dr. Jacobson, it's an, another thing of why I think whether you're in an argument or not, it is such important work to be with yourself on a daily basis in a quiet time, even if it's three to five minutes, to keep learning about yourself, to keep asking those questions, because it takes an evolved person to have that subconscious stuff come into your conscious so you can work with it. But somebody's got to do it. We, we need heroes in our lives all the time. We This world right now, our environment, my gosh, we need to be more compassionate and be able to really understand that some of the stuff that's coming at us really is a call for love. All right, I got a, a minute here or so. Any other final suggestions? I'm asking you. Absolutely. You know, bottom line, uh, if you want to hold one thought in your head, uh, it's the golden rule. You know, treat others as you wish to be treated. Uh, be respectful. Be gracious. Be compassionate. Be be generous. Be, be accepting and forgiving. Uh, you practice the golden rule. Treat others as you wish to be treated. And uh, great things will happen. Yeah, Dr. Walter Jacobson's people can find Jacobson. Sorry, people can find more about you at WalterJacobsonMD.com. You're also on Facebook and Twitter. We can find you there. And again, the name of your book that I'm going to purchase as soon as we get off here is where to go? Forgive to win. Forgive to win. I love it. All right, folks, Dr. Holly Lucille signing off from the Inherently You podcast. Go over to iTunes. Go ahead and rate this podcast so we can grow our Inherently You community. And you can also go to b.inherentlyyou.com to learn more. Thanks so much.